Welcome to Lessons from a Lioness. On this show, you will learn from me and other guest experts about marketing, branding, sales, and all things entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Juliana Frisoli. I'm a sassy, multi-talented, multi-passionate business badass who will help you attract your dream clients and get paid for being your wildly wonderful self. Let's dive into today's episode. Okay, so it's been a while since I've done a podcast episode. I took a break while I was rebranding and really just like redoing everything in my business. I took a lot of time off in September, but I am back and I'm going to be here with weekly episodes for you all. And I recorded this episode a while ago, but it's a really good one. I interviewed Katie Pinnell. She is a copywriter. We have very similar brands. We're both kind of edgy and sassy, and we both love talking about copywriting. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I hope you love the rebrand. And if you are not hanging out with me on Instagram and in my Facebook group already, come hang out with me and enjoy the episode. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I am here with Katie, and I'm going to let her introduce herself to you all so she can tell you about all of the amazing stuff that she does. I love her brand. She's a fellow cat lady and Disney lover. And (laughs) so, of course, I had to have her on the show because those are like two of my favorite things. And she is a copy writing nerd as well. So, Katie, I'll let you introduce yourself. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, My name is Katie Pinnell. I am a copywriter and creative director for creative entrepreneurs who don't want a brand built on buzzwords. I am so very anti-fluff, made up, entrepreneur words, industry cliches, (laughs) all that stuff. Um, And basically, in short, I make you as cool online as you are in real life and richer too. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Um, So I know, yeah, you're big on like the whole non-fluff thing, like fluff off, no buzzwords. Like what are the most common ones that you see around lately? Oh my gosh. Um, So authentic is my, probably the biggest offender right now. I'm so Um, guilty of that one because that's my, (laughs) that's my like big value. Like, (laughs) yeah. And it's such an important value, but I feel like the word just gets tossed around so much Mm -hmm. that it kind of lost meaning. Um, I feel like nowadays when someone says authentic, you're almost expected to be authentic, but within that like influencer scope, like this is what's acceptable to be authentic um, instead of just like being genuinely who you are and whatever for you. Um, So that's a big one. Um, 10K months for some reason. That one has always annoyed me. I've also been guilty of that because it does work, but like it still annoys me. (laughs) Yep. yep, It totally works. But that's kind of like, why 10K? Why not 20, 40, yeah. 50, And also why the K? Like, I feel like people in their normal vernacular, like, don't use K. Like, yeah. outside of, like, the coaching influencer, like, online business entrepreneur world. Like, yeah, they would oh, say I- thousand. I don't exactly. know. Or grand, even, but not, like, K. Like, grand sounds more, more elite, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not really sure. Um, maybe it just like rolls off the tongue better. Um, I would be so curious to know who the first person that started like overusing that was. Cause it just took off like wildfire. There are so many, I actually have a freebie of 121 words to avoid in your. Yes. Show. I was looking at that. I, <laughs> yeah. 
I need to go and like cross-reference that with my website as I'm redoing it. But yeah, if you guys don't have her freebie, I'll link it in the show notes because it's really good. Thank you. Um, but you know, that's, that's kind of the thing. We, we have all these industry buzzwords, all of these words that, that I say are too fluffy. Um, but it's not the word itself. It's the problem. It's there's, there's no context behind it. So yes, everyone likes to say content is king, but content's not the problem. Context is the problem without context. You have nothing like you don't, the word itself, 10 K means nothing unless there's context behind it. So context your content's just fluffy if there's no context. (laughs) Yeah. So what are some of your biggest tips on that? Like, cause I feel like one of the things that I help my clients with a lot is taking their message and making it tangible because I feel like people don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. And like, I'd love your perspective on it because I feel like you have such a unique voice and I think like watching you in the online space and kind of just like creeping on some of your stuff has really made me look at my own like content and copywriting and be like, wow, like I can see where I've gotten influenced by other people and how I've lost myself in some of this. Yeah. And and I think that happens a lot. It, it does. And it's, it's not bad or wrong. It's just, we lose, like I said, we lose the context when there's no, when you can't back it up with something, it's a lot easier to sell you on a dream than it is something that's tangible because we know it sounds so much easier to sell a 10K month than selling all the hard work behind a 10K month or the specific strategies or copywriting or just all the techniques that actually make those 10K months happen. That's not the sexy part. And so yeah. it's easier to sell the dream than it is to sell the, the struggle, but that part has to happen unless you use copy well and copy kind of makes the struggle less of a struggle, (laughs) but not everyone has those, those copy skills. So that's kind of where I, where I fill the space and I come out and say something differently. Um, because people, people assume they know how to write if they're just writing the dream. Um, but there's more to it. There's, there's persuasion. There's copy is not a marketing strategy. Copy is advertising. Um, you just have to sell it's about sales and advertising, not about marketing. Marketing is the visibility piece. Copy is the selling piece. Copy is the money. Mm-hmm. I love that. I've never heard it put that way before, but yeah, it's true. It's like, yeah, first people have to see your shit and then they have to like what you have to say. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, recently I described copywriting as like talking at someone. You don't know if they're going to respond, but mm-hmm. you have to, comfortable enough. You have to keep yourself entertained. (laughs) You have to make sure that one, it's going to be, it rolls off the tongue for you. It's easy for you to sell for easy for you to say. And then two, how is it going to sound to somebody else? You have to be comfortable enough with your copy to know that you can talk at someone and hopefully elicit some sort of response, but that's, it's not guaranteed. Um, marketing and actually the visibility piece is all about connection. And that's, that's where the connection piece happens in conversation. When you connect with someone online, um, another fluff, another fluff phrase is connect with like-minded women. Mm-hmm. Nobody really wants to do that, right? Like we're all in business to make money. Yeah. Connection is cool, but connections not always guaranteed the paycheck. No, I literally hate talking to people. I usually dead end people when they DM me, if it's just like something that I don't care about, like if it's not, if it's not like a get down to business conversation, I will usually just like leave the little heart on it if it's something nice and I will dead end it. And I'm so like, 
I don't even care. Honestly, I, I don't want to have a conversation with people because I don't care enough about trying to pitch them. And I'm not going to do that anyway. Cause I let my content do the work for me. <laughs> like if and they want to pitch me, I'm not interested. So I usually just like totally dead end the conversation. Exactly. Conversation is a two way street and that's about building relationships. And that is not at all what copy is. Copy is selling you on something before you have to have the conversation. You're just talking at someone hoping they take action. And if that's good copy, they will take action. Okay. So what do you say for someone who like doesn't necessarily want to sell with their content, but wants to like nurture their audience with it? So really that's, that's all about positioning. You have to position yourself as somebody who's worth following. Um, I, I sell a lot in my content. I think almost every single email I send has some sort of sales pitch at the end, whether or not that's to get my mini course or to work with me one-on-one or join my programs. But selling isn't dirty. It's not wrong. It's how we stay in business. Um, So really for someone who says they don't want to sell, like you just got to get over it. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think there's like seasons of business. Like I'm definitely not selling anything right now because I just have so much going on in the back end. So I've really been putting out like whatever I want. Yeah. And it's like fun because I'm getting to write without having to think about yeah, like the sales psychology aspect of it. But yeah, like there is for sure psychology that goes into like copywriting and content and having strong messaging. Yeah. And if you're not going to sell, you can still provide value. Um, value is another buzzword that we see all the time. Um, everyone hammers, you have to value, 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 education, education, education. Um, but in my opinion, what I see from that is you just get people hanging on every word you say for free and they never convert. They never get to the paid side of things. Cause they're like, Oh, well, you know, Katie's content's so good. She's going to put out something for free and it's going to be great. And I'm just going to keep grabbing all her free stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that becomes a problem because you keep them in this like very lukewarm pool. You can't even say it's like a warm lead pool because it's not, they're never going to convert. Um, So value, even if you're not selling value can be just like, you know, making someone laugh or making someone feel some sort of intimate emotion about your content. That's that's valuable too. It doesn't have to be education, education, education. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. And I think the whole education trend is really like over at this point because people are inundated with education. Like they're over it. Like there's free education on everything. What people want is quick results and they're more likely to get that from paying for it. Absolutely. But you got so, to- yeah, there's like the two types of people, right? It's the people who will waste their time to save money or there's the people who will spend money to save time. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing with education too, is like, you, like you said, we're completely inundated with it, but then there's no actual follow through. They're not, they're not implementing anything they're learning. They're just kind of like sitting on it. And now they have this like pool of education that they're just regurgitating to give yeah. their eyes more free content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I a hundred percent agree with you on that. I'm really over like the educational content trend. Oh, Loki's coming to say hi. <laughs> he loves when I'm doing podcasts. So my podcast people and my Facebook group and everyone knows that Loki is always on everything that I do. Yep. I, I <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So tell me about the challenge that you did. Cause I think that was how I found you. Mm-hmm. And like from 
a business perspective, I was looking at it and I was like, what did she do to like make this challenge wildfire? And I'm like sitting there like observing you trying to like nitpick like your marketing strategy and all of that. And so I'm really curious to hear that like from you, why you think it did so well, what you did to promote it, like whatever secrets you want to give us on that. For sure. I don't know if I've ever seen someone's challenge take off the way that yours did. Honestly, me neither. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It happened so fast. Um, So basically the, the short version is I did a chili lime challenge and the chili lime name came about because I was tired of seeing, can I, can I use language, colorful language? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was just tired of seeing the same old shit. Like everybody was just so bland and boring. And if, the online space had a flavor. It was very salt and pepper. And that was, that was all we were getting. Um, and yet the, I, the ironic part of it all is that people want to stand out and they want to be different. They have no idea how to do it. Um, so I created the chili lime challenge because what's more unexpected and like a weird flavor sensation than chili lime. It just kind of like, it came to me. I, I associated that emotion, that feeling that people wanted with something in my yeah. spice rack and it worked. <laughs> I love um, that. Yeah. So I did the chili lime challenge and I, I promoted it in just Facebook groups for about a week. Um, and what I did was I, I was kind of conflicted to be honest with you. I, I kind of didn't know how I was going to teach creativity. Um, because when I had just dropped my, what I call chili lime lines in Facebook groups, they were just like these short, sarcastic, sassy quips. Um, but that's honestly who I am and how I talk. And Um, The first one I did had nothing to do with business. It was an Instagram follow thread and someone said, "Um, tell us why we should follow you. And I had just, I don't know. I think some of my best work comes when I'm like in a mood. I was kind of like, I feel that same. (laughs) Yeah. And I love pissing people off on Facebook. It's great. It's, it's so funny. Cause like when I get into that kind of state is usually when my best stuff comes out. I don't know if it's just like, my most raw self or what, but everyone was commenting like, Oh, I'm, I'm trying to hit my goal of X number of followers. And I was like, well, that's dumb. So I wrote, um, old ladies hit on my husband and I documented on Instagram stories. By the way, I'm a copywriter and everyone liked my comment. People thought it was hilarious that I got tons of followers. And I was like, seriously, because that, that did it. Um, so that kind of came like my chili lime line. And that was kind of one of my go-tos. I would say something like funny or just like off the wall random and then add, oh, and I'm a copywriter. So I, I gave them value in that they liked me. I made them laugh. It was, it was funny. And then I gave them another reason to follow me. They're like, oh, a copywriter. Like she's probably got more funny stuff like this or, you know, more value. So, um, that's kind of where the chili lime lines, chili lime challenge started. And I promoted it in Facebook groups for a week. And the first day was all about how to write a better bio. And it took off like the very first day, everyone was sharing their before and after I had a before and after thread in my Facebook group, everyone shared their befores. And of course it was all these lame ass. I help who do what, which yep. <laughs> is an entirely different tangent that I, <laughs> um you're seeing your stuff I went and I changed mine and I was like how do I make this more interesting <laughs> um and just like quickly my my little side tangent about the whole help thing um when you say you're gonna help someone it seems very voluntary in nature 
it's not like you're expecting to be paid for it. Like when you say, Hey, can you help me move? Like you pay those people in pizza and beer. You don't pay them in money. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so the whole first day, it, it just started out really strong because I was like, Hey, you should stop saying these things online because it doesn't give you any sort of credibility and it doesn't look like you're asking to be paid for what you do. Um, so the full, the first day went kind of mini viral in itself. People were sharing it. They were tagging me. The second day of the challenge was all about pitching um, and how to show up in Facebook groups where someone says, hey, I'm looking for a so-and-so. And instead of just saying, I'd love to be considered, which again, lame, um, you can come out stronger and you know tell them a little bit about your process or a result you've gotten for a client. And really, when I did the whole challenge, I thought there's no way I can teach creativity. It's just something you possess or you don't. But really, the challenge made it formulaic to where creativity is something repeatable and you can mm -hmm. do it over and over again. And it was just three days, it was very short. So people stayed engaged the whole time. I had prizes, um, that was something that really helped. And then I did it, um, I think it was a, I did Monday through Wednesday, took Thursday off. And then I did a weekend watch party, which I thought also was another really great thing to boost engagement for the, for the challenge itself. So I did the watch party, showed day one again, Friday, day two, Saturday, and then day three, Sunday. So that kind of gave people who are in different time zones or people who are a little bit behind on like the daily challenge to catch up. Plus they invited mm -hmm. more people because after the challenge was over, people were already getting results. People were already getting DMs from people saying, oh my gosh, your bio is so great. How can I work with you? People were getting new leads, new clients even. And so um, it, it just kind of became a thing of its own and kind of just took off. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so to just kind of like recap what you said, to promote your challenge, you were promoting it like in Facebook groups. Because my people are always like, how do I get more people to sign up for my thing? And I mean, you do have to stand out, like you have to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. So what was, were you promoting it like on the little threads or were you doing like separate posts? Um, both. I was doing more separate posts, honestly. Um, and I started with a very strong statement, like, Hey, everyone who just said, everyone who just participated in follow Friday and didn't say X, Y, Z, you're doing it wrong. Like, yeah, was, I think I remember seeing that. Yeah. yeah. It was very strong when I, when I came out there and I just said straight up, like, no one wants to connect with like-minded women. You're not giving them a reason to want to follow you. You're just dropping a naked link and you blend in and nobody cares about you. <laughs> Did you get any backlash? I didn't. No. Really? Okay. That's so surprising to me. Like I get literally so much backlash anytime I post something sassy. What's funny though is I had a lot of people who were, who honestly just didn't even read the freaking post and they were like leaving their Instagram handle. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm clearly calling you people out. Oh my God, I'm dead. That's so funny. And then there were, of yeah. course, people were like trolling those people that were like, LOL, you didn't read her post. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of, you know, the whole thing was about being different and everyone wants to do it, but they didn't know how. So I just like called out, I'm going to teach you how to be different. You just have to stop doing what you're doing <laughs> and try this. Yeah. And then like, once people were getting results from the challenge, it, it kind of took off from there and um, I've since made it a mini course and I'm getting like passive income daily from the mini course because it's, people are still talking about it. My Facebook group 
is kind of like an ongoing thread of what do you guys think of my bio or what do you think of my pitch? (laughs) So yeah, it, it just, it has a mind of its own now. It's kind of, I love that. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. If you guys listening want her mini course, I will link that as well. Cause I, I never got a chance to watch it, but I like took kind of what you said in your Facebook group and I like changed my bio up. Oh, because I've always hated the I help thing. So what did I change mine to? I changed it to, and it took me forever to figure it out too. I was like, how do I say what I want to say without like these lame ass words? Okay. So I turned it into, I turn women into money magnets by unlocking their unique magic and marketing it to their fuck yes clients. Love it. Yeah. That's a chilly line bio. Cool. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, I need to stop with this I help shit because I'm not like a helper personality. I don't just like. I'm not either. Yeah. You're an Enneagram 4 too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I kind of had like an Enneagram identity crisis. I I thought I was a three wing four for a really long time. Okay. And then then I um, read, what is the book called? The Road Back to You. Yeah. I love that book. Yeah. And I was like, uh, definitely more of a four. Oh, so yeah. I'm kind of like walk the, I'm kind of on the fence between three wing four and four mm-hmm. wing three. Um, but I'm not a two, like the helping part, not either. it doesn't come naturally to me. <laughs> Same. Um, I, it, it's just, I, I want to be compensated for what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm also like, I'm only ready to work with people who are like ready to work on themselves. Like I'm not going to like hold your hand through your victim mentality shit. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a spoon feeder by any means. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying what all twos are, not all, not all helping types oh. are hands and spoon feeding, but they're, they're just more patient than I am. And I'm yep, not that way. <laughs> I don't have patience. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too fiery for that. Yeah. I <laughs> Yeah. Again, no, I think that's probably why I liked like your branding because it was spicy and sassy and that's very much me as well. So yeah, yeah it's yeah. just funny because you, you know, everything in, in, in any industry, you can just kind of look around and see the common threads and understand like, oh, well, if you're a coach, you're gonna have your own kind of dictionary and it looks like this and you're probably going to say 10K months and you're probably going to say, are you tired of being overwhelmed? And, you know, like all the coaches yeah. have the same language. Photographers have the same language, but we're all different people. And that's the part that's really missing is, is the personality bit. So that's kind of, you know, further how the chili line thing came about. Like my whole chili line methodology started because people are missing that like personality, the, the mm-hmm. spice flavor. It's just everything's so bland and salt and pepper. Yes. And everyone does sound the same. And I've always been very determined to not sound like everyone else. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's our four. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I know. And I'm always like, how can I be different from everyone else? Like, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. For sure. All right. Do you have any last words for the people? Anything that you want to talk about that we didn't cover? Um, I guess just the biggest piece, the biggest piece of copy advice that I could give literally anyone is you don't need permission to talk, type, however you, you actually talk in person. Um, and you don't have to censor yourself for anybody, um, regardless of who follows you online. If it's your grandma or those people <laughs> from high school that you know still watch you, 
um, you don't have to censor who you are for them because they're not the ones buying from you. And um, the right people who are gonna buy from you will buy from you regardless, and you don't have to twist their arm. You just gotta be yourself and you don't need permission to do that and then they'll buy. Yeah, and I wanna add something to that. It's okay if you get haters, if you're like a polarizing person. Because people will either like, if you have a strong brand, like I really believe people will either love you or hate you. And some people will be very vocal about it. And that's okay. That's <laughs> like, okay. All of the most successful people in the world have major haters. Yeah, it's so true. I, I like to say that a, a good brand is the difference between a compliment and an insult. And if somebody um, comes across something and they say, oh, that's so on brand for you and it's clearly not, then you're not doing branding right. <laughs> then it's insulting. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I will link all the places to find you in the show notes, but do you want to tell the people like one or two places where they can come hang out with you online? Yeah, for sure. So um, my Facebook group is called Fluff Off, Copywriting Brand Strategy That Doesn't Suck. Um, it's a very appropriate name. <laughs> Um, so you can find us on Facebook at um, facebook.com slash group slash fluff off. Um, and then I'm on Instagram at Katie Pinnell Co. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Lessons from a Lioness. If you loved what you heard today, leave me a review on iTunes. When you leave a review, take a screenshot of the review and tag me on Instagram at Juliana Persoli. You can also take a screenshot of yourself listening to this episode and share it out and I will share it and give you a shout out. When you do that, you'll be entered to win a one-on-one strategy call with yours truly. I pick one winner each month from the people who reviewed my podcast and I give them a free strategy call with me. You can also find me in my Facebook group, The Lioness Den for Badass Women Entrepreneurs. Hope to see you there.